Come here. I want to know. That's incredible. Um, how do you scream on tune? How do you do that? I mean, isn't that an amazing thing? Years and years of practice. Wow, that's Shock just incredible. Bands, yeah. You, you go to school for that? I learned that in drama yeah. school. Yeah. Strange. Screaming on tune. Wow. Some of us can't even sing on tune. That's, um, thank you. Gosh, that was incredible. Dream on. There you go. Give the benediction, get you out of here, okay? We're good. <laughs> ah. You really think I'm going to do that, don't you? You're ready, aren't you? <laughs> uh, um, all right. I, let, me, let, me, let me talk about this a minute. This is just really, really important to me. Dreams. Um, and maybe I'm a dreamer. I don't know. But uh, in terms of dreams and... and, and is, it, is that what God wants? And, and what does God think about that? Your dreams and your desires. And does God really care about our dreams and our desires? And, and, and the simple answer is yes, He does. He really does. In fact, God, I believe, is the originator of our dreams and our desires in, in many ways. And, and I want to talk about that. And I want to just say a couple of things. And I'm sure I want to get to this passage in the Bible that's really going to, I hope, kind of bring it all home for you, okay? But we're talking about that, and, and yeah, sometimes God does fulfill our dreams, and I'm going to talk about those dreams are in just a minute. Sometimes God changes those dreams, but here's what we know, and the Bible, Jesus is very clear about this. Jesus said this in, in the Gospel of John, the thief comes to only, to, only in order to steal and to kill and destroy uh, I came that they may have and enjoy life. Speaking of, of us, that they may, they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's from the Amplified Bible, and it's, um, I think, very descriptive. It's just terrific. Yeah, you got dreams, you got desires. That's a good thing. Some ways I'm more concerned about the person who doesn't have them because you really need to think through that. In some cases, pray about that. But we say, okay, what do you mean dreams and desires? Well, what, what is that? What is that all about? If my dream is to be a, a successful business person, does that count? Yeah, that counts. If my dream is to be a, just a real kick-butt salesperson, is that? Yeah. That counts. That's dreams. That's desires. What if it's to be you know, a sought-after hedge fund manager or a... a you know, primo investment banker or, or you know, a, a, an artist of any kind, a teacher, uh, a person in my company where I'm working, you know, whatever my job happens to be, engineer, sales, um, you know, a, a teacher, a mover and a shaker in your chosen profession. That's what we're talking about. I want to be a mover and a shaker in my chosen profession. And, and let's, not, let's not leave one out here that's very important. What if, and I'm going to use this word even though I'm offended by it, uh, what, what if I just, that's the word, what if I just, I'm offended by that word in this context, you'll see why in a second, what if I just want to be the world's greatest uh, stay-at-home mom? God bless you. God bless you. You know, and it's not just. <laughs> Hand the rocks the cradle rules the world. Um, that's a great dream. Don't ever let anybody put that down or devalue that. Some of us are the products of that and are grateful for that. Thought about that. Had the opportunity to spend the fourth with my mom and dad as they are getting older. And my mom, just so she's, they're both 87, still get around really well, but it's just 
So your parents are getting older, and you think about all they sacrificed to make things happen for you. And then you have your kids, and they haven't got to figure it figured out yet. <laughs> but they will, you know. They will, you know. And that's part of the whole thing. You, know, you, you look at some of the sacrifices that are made, and it's just pretty cool. So our dreams and our desires don't necessarily have to be spiritual in nature. And I, liked, I appreciated what Steve said earlier because sometimes they do change. Many times, for some of us, you know, we started along one track, and this is my dream and my desire, and this is what's going to happen. You know, and, I, and, you know, obviously for some of us, it may be something as simple as, you know, I want to, you know, and Steve sort of, sort of half kidding and half serious, play in the NFL. I always wanted to dunk a basketball. Well, guess what? It probably isn't going to happen um, without, without a ladder. Um, so, you know, something as simple as, 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 as when we have those, those kid, childlike dreams and, and desires, but then it goes a little further and we get in our career track and we say, well, I want to be a teacher or I want to be a business guy or I want to be this or I want to be a mom or, or whatever it happens to be. Sometimes those things change because of the seasons of life, sometimes because of circumstances around us. And you know what? So that's okay. We take that and we say, okay, here's what I have now. Now let's see where I can go with this. And, and we seek to be what God wants us to be. So that's what we're talking about. Here's my, my first point is real simple. It's really not a point. It's part of my introduction. And that is keep dreaming dreams. Keep having desires. Whomever you are, wherever you are in life and whatever's going on. You say, well, I'm too old. No, you're not too old. Well, it's past that part of my life. Well, then take on a new phase of your life. You know, keep dreaming those dreams because that's what keeps us alive. That's what keeps us young in many regards, at least in our hearts and in our minds. Keep dreaming those dreams. So the Bible is real clear about this. Let me, let me show you another Bible passage that, you know, I, I say this. I say, does God really care about our dreams and desires? Yes, he does. One of the things, though, sometimes that God does, I like to say it this way, sometimes God fools you. Sometimes he changes your, your desires as we mentioned earlier. Um, Psalm says it this way, Psalms 37, Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desires. What it doesn't say there, it does in other places, is sometimes He'll change those desires. And some of us know what that means. And that's, that's, that's okay. It's a good thing. So, here's the point. When you dream something... When you have this desire to, to, to there, at the root of that is, is a passion to do or be something significant. That's a God thing. To do or to be significant. We want that. And again, if you don't want to be significant, I'm really, really concerned about you. Maybe you need to start there. I'd suggest you start praying about that. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to run for president. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be well known or famous or, or, or this or that. But you can still be significant. So, along those lines, here we go. I want to do that. I want to, and let me, let me just say this. One of the things that happens, by the way, Einstein said, and this is an important point, I just want to say it real quickly. Einstein said, try not to become a man of success, but rather become a man of value. Uh, that, that therein lies, I think, the secret of desires and, and, uh, and dreams, is seeking to be of value. And one of the things that we need to understand is that when we yield to God, it doesn't mean that we give up something of ourselves. That's an important issue. Sometimes 
in certain some Christian circles, it's sort of portrayed that way. Give your life to God and, and give up, you know, some of this. Listen, when you when you are and, and it's important when you are surrendered to God, you'll never be more of the true you of who you were really created to be. Because then you are connected, you are in harmony with the Creator who created you, and that's greater uh, that's greater productivity than you will ever get anywhere else. With all the, you know, one of the things, and let me just kind of take you in the background a little bit. One of the things that I kind of struggled with the first time I talked about this, and I, I've changed this whole thing around since uh, I did this in, uh, in October, October the 8th. That's interesting. This is, this is January. This is July the 8th, okay? July the 8th, September. Anyway, um, I, I, don't know, I just thought it was kind of cool. Um, if you're in numerology, um, one of the things I struggled with was, well, you know, this is really, you're, you're really just going to talk about PMA, positive mental attitudes. Or, or maybe just positive thinking. Norman Vincent Peale, good New York pastor, you know, uh, God rest his soul. I mean, just going to talk about positive, power of positive thinking and so forth. And, and then I thought, I don't want to really do that because I want to talk about what the Bible teaches. I want to talk about Jesus and I want to talk about the things that are really having a relationship with God. But here's the truth of the matter. And this is, this is, this is I didn't say this when I talked about this before, but God wants us to be positive. God wants us to have positive attitudes. He's made us that way. The whole negative thing, that's part of the whole sin nature. That's part of Anybody can be negative. Some people think they're gifted, but anybody can be negative. You know, and, and that's, that's, that's an important issue for us to understand. It is, it, is the, it is the more fulfilled person, the leader, whether it's perceived or real, who's, who could be optimistic and say, hey, come on now. We can charge this hill. We can do this. You know, and that's really how God wants us to be. That's what Jesus did. He was loving. He was kind. He was positive. Otherwise, he wouldn't have all these people following him around all the time. It wasn't because he was going around being negative and saying, oh, woe is me, and all oh, those people are dirt balls. And it wasn't because of that. You know? It's because he was positive, and he, and he, was, and, and, and he, and he had love. And, and, and phenomenally, uh, you know, he was God. That's what it amounts to. So... Three things real quick I want to mention, then I want to get into, I want to get into these verses because these are, these are just really good. And that is this, you know, God doesn't want to change who we are. He wants to complete who we are, okay? God helps us to understand what our dreams are and they have lasting value. And sometimes God may, God, God may not change my dreams or desires, but he may change the attitude from which I operate. He may not, you know, I may have be one of those people who, since the very beginning when I decided, this is what I want to be, this is what I want to do, that's never changed. But sometimes God kind of moves into one's life and changes the attitude as to why they want to be that successful person in this area or that area or that area. The other thing I want to say about it is this. God wants to fulfill our dreams and desires, but He doesn't want it just for me. In other words, if my dreams and desires are just about me, I want to do this because I want to feel significant, I want to be complete, I want to be... That's not what it's about. And if we're not careful, our dreams and our desires without God, and you've got to hear this carefully, without God, they can become an idol. My career can become an idol. My, my life's work, my life's dreams can become an idol. It's not a wooden, a wooden totem pole that we're going to bow down to, but it so totally consumes us and it's all about us. And maybe it's just all about, all about me and mine. 
And that would, again, that's, those are some of the areas that God would want to change. He, he wants us to be complete, but he wants us complete the only way we can be complete, which is in harmony, in relationship with our creator God. Okay, I've said that enough. But, so let me just jump into this and show you these, these verses from Romans that I think will just kind of drive this point home. You will not, I'm going to say it again, you will never be more of the true you than when you're surrendered to God. Never more than the true you, because he's your, he's your creator. He made you. He knows you. He understands you. you know, he, the Bible tells us he, he put us inter, you know, intricately together, intricate parts, both, in, both in, you know, in terms of how we operate as a human being and how we walk and talk, but also in, in how we, what we are inwardly, or psychologically, our psyche and so forth. All right. So here we go. This is a passage from the book of Romans. It's uh, from the message paraphrase, and you'll see all that, and you'll see the verses here in just a moment. But uh, just think about this. You'll never be more of the true you than when you're surrendered to Almighty God. Watch this. This is some good stuff here. This is good. This is just, just, just the Bible. Romans 8, verse 9, But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, speaking to the believer, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you, here we go, for you who welcome Him, in whom He dwells, that's us, those of us who are, who are followers of Christ, in whom He dwells, even though you still experience the limitations of sin, amen, brother, you yourself experience life on God's terms. Did you get all that? Let me read verse 10 again. For you who welcome him in whom he dwells, even though you still experience the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's term. The person here he's talking about is the person who who asks God into their life, who trusts Christ. Christ lives in us. That's what he wants us to understand. We still have limitations because we're still fallen creatures. That's why he's talking about the limitations of sin. We still have that hanging on to us. We will until we... Go to be with Christ till we die or he comes first, you know, and, and it's still going to be there. We're still going to have those limitations. But his point is when God lives in us, you yourself experience life in a different way. What's that different way? It's in God's terms. And that's a cool thing. That's why he completes us. All right. Keep reading here. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that, that, here we go, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life. He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself, bringing you alive alive to God, okay? You were dead, you're going to be alive to God. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's, all right? So he's repetitive, making this point, I want you to see that point, and that is when God lives in us, And that happens when we come to faith in Christ. When God lives in us, we are alive to Him. We have a new nature. We have a new ability to respond to Him. We have a new ability to dream and to desire the things that will be significant, not just for us, but to those who are around us as well. Because God lives in us. Keep going. Verse 12. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. That's significant. I'll come back to that in a second. 
There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do, the best thing to do (laughs) is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and there are places to go. I like the way he translates that. He's saying, come on. Let's move on. Let's get with it. God's got some stuff going on here, and you need to get it going on. Let's, let's go. So you can see, and that's why I say, when we come to Christ, it's not that we give up stuff. I mean, there may be some things on the surface that we may quit, or we may stop doing or do less of. But in a greater sense, it's more of what is added. It's more, I hate to use the term, but it's more like value added to our life. Why? Because now we're plugged into the Creator who created us. That's why Jesus calls this, you know, this, this abundant life. That's why Jesus calls it that. And, and here, He just, God's Spirit beckons there. Think, Come on, there's life to live. And there's no better way to live it than with God working in me. That's what He's saying. So dream your dreams. Have your desires. Let God work in your heart. It'll, it'll, it will bring more significance to you as you do that. All right, now, we've got more to do. Just one, one more little paragraph, two verses. Right? Here we go. This resurrection life, this resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. Okay? It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next? There's an expectancy. Okay? There's an adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? <laughs> It's a term of endearment that's used in the original language there. God's Spirit touches our spirits, confirms who we... Watch this. Confirms who we really are. We know who He is and we know who we are, Father and children. Basically what He's saying is you understand that you're a child of the King. You're a child child of God's. That alone gives you significance. I've said this uh, more than once. But it's a very important issue because we put our value in so many things that disappoint. We put our value, our self-worth, and, you know, sometimes our marriages, and that doesn't work. And sometimes our kids, and that doesn't always work. And sometimes who our family is, that doesn't always work. And sometimes our work, <laughs> that goes away sometimes. I mean, it's just so much of our own self-worth is on such shaky ground, there's only one place our self-worth is safe to be grounded. And that's what he's telling us here. This is in a relationship with Almighty God who says you are significant, who says you are created special, who says I have given you special dreams, have given you special desires that, that nobody else has. You're unique in and of your own self. And when you are in harmony with me, with God, You'll be more fulfilled. Obviously, there are still, as we go back to that one verse, there are still, verse 10, there are still the limitations that we all have. We're still fallen people. We may not always feel that fulfillment, may not always have, but that's the only way we will ever have some fulfillment in this life is to understand that it comes from God. And that's what he's talking about with the whole dreams and, 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 and having desires and so forth that, that, uh, that, that I'm going to make a difference in life. I love that. I love that whole thing. Read that. That last, that last I got, we, still, we have to still up there. Verse 15. This resurrection life, it's called, that's the Christian life, you've received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's not morose. It's not, you know, and that's the thing so many times we get the view of, of, of Christianity. You know, we get our view of Christianity from churches many times. We try not to do that here, 
But, but you know, you know, you know, just kind of long and boring and, you know, geez, drives you nuts sometimes. So that's not what it's about. And that's not what Jesus is about. He's not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with that, that childlike, what's next, Papa. God's Spirit touches our spirit, confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are. Let me say this. I'm going to say, I said this earlier, I'm going to say it to you again in different words. Okay? And I'm even going to let you look, read it while I say it. You will never be more of the true you than when your life is lived in harmony with God. You got dreams, that's great. You don't have dreams, let's start thinking and praying and developing those. Talking to friends who can help me, mates who can help me with that. You say, well, I'm too, it's too late. It's not too late. Well, you don't, yeah, no, it's not too late. You, you don't know my circumstances. No, no, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. doesn't matter. You still have dreams. You still have these, these, these desires. And you, you see, God, I do want to be significant. I do want, wherever that, whatever that means, I want to be significant, and, and I, I do want to make a difference, whether it be in my, just in my family or whether it be far beyond that. And God's honored by that. God's honored by that. And that's one of the things. Just, just last thing. I mean, just, let me just close with this. Um, God wants you to have dreams, and God wants you to have desires, really for three reasons. Number one, that's how the world has changed. People have dreams. They have desires. The world has changed because some guy... Two guys from Dayton, Ohio, dreamed about, hey, we can take our bicycles and make them into these things and call them airplanes. Right, brothers? That dreams. world's changed by that. Henry Ford has a dream. People can actually drive in vehicles that aren't drawn by horses. I know that sounds like a weird thing to you, but that's not that long ago. We're talking in the early 1900s. Somebody had dreams. The world's changed. My life is better. Thomas Edison, nearby resident neighbor. Electricity. Thank God for electricity and air conditioning today. Right? So God wants us to have dreams and does because the world has changed. Number one. Number two, that's how people are fulfilled, and He wants us fulfilled. I think I've shown you that. And number three, it's one of the ways that your God is honored by you fulfilling your dreams. Because He gives them to you. We thank God for that. You'll never be more of the true you than when your life is lived in harmony with God. God, thank you for these uh, important things for us to think about and dwell on and pray about. And I pray that we'd, we'd each do that and just pray and, and think and meditate and, and, and dwell on these things. I pray for each person here. And we're all in different areas of life. We're in different different places on our own journeys of faith. For some of us, God, the prayer is going to be, Lord, help me to take that initial step of what it means to have faith in you and be able, as a result of that faith in you, to really ground my dreams and, and, and desires and, and what's going to be significant from the perspective of God in my life. For some of us, God, it's a prayer of God, help me to keep thinking and praying and pursuing the dreams that you put in my heart and in my mind so that you will be honored and people's lives will be changed because of an individual. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for the truth that we can uh, just 
comprehend here today that Jesus came and lived and suffered and died and rose again to give us that life that's abundant and, and to the full, as you said, to the full. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.